Welcome to the Drive Deeper Podcast, where we gather together on your morning commute to dive deeper into the scripture and give you a word to meditate on the rest of the day so that you can walk closely with the Lord during your busy week. Today we're in um, one of my favorite passages in Jeremiah, and it's a convicting passage. It's one that should cause us to examine our hearts, examine where where we're placing our trust in our lives, examine what are the things we're seeking after and hoping that are going to fill us. Uh, because often we can be seeking after God replacements. And these replacements are worthless replacements. If we're seeking after things or people who we're hoping to do what only God can do, uh, we're going to end up in a bad place. Um, unfortunately, when we're seeking after these things, they seem like they are absolutely vital to us. They seem like there's nothing that can satisfy us like whatever it is that we're seeking. And that's the deceitfulness of sin. That's exactly what sin does, is it tells you, I'm what you need. If you have more of me, you'll feel better. If you have more of me, you can forget about this. If you have more of me and you let me fill your time, everything is going to be okay. But it's all a lie. It's all a delusion. And so in Jeremiah chapter 2, he says this, starting in verse 9. He says, Therefore I still contend with you, declares the Lord, and with your children's children I will contend. For cross to the coasts of Cyprus and see, and send to Kedar and examine with care. See if there has been such a thing. Has a nation changed its gods even though they are no gods? He says, you guys have to see how absurd this really is that you've abandoned me, the true God. God says, go to any other country, go to Cyprus, go to Kedar, go to this place, go to that place. And although these people are serving idols, they're serving false gods. They're still loyal to them. These people don't abandon their false gods. And yet you have the one true living God who has brought you into covenant with himself and you have abandoned me. He says, my people have changed their glory for that which does not profit. It would be like owning a company like Amazon and saying, okay, you know what? I'm going to go open a lemonade stand instead. I'm going to get rid of Amazon. I'm going to walk out on this. I'm going to leave everything that it gives me. And I'm going to go start a lemonade stand instead. I mean, it's just absurd. That would never happen. Who in their right minds would do that? And yet this is exactly what the people of Israel have done to God. They have left the true God. And instead they said, you know, what would be better than that is an idol. Something that we craft with our own hands that 
you know, we can make up the rules about and, and decide on how to worship it and, 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 and put food in front of it that it can't eat and though it can't talk to us, though it can give us no direction, though it can't do anything for us, we're going to bow down and serve that because that would be better. I mean, it just makes no sense. It's absurd. And so he says this in verse 12, he says, be appalled, O heavens, at this. Be shocked, be utterly desolate, declares the Lord. I mean, this, this is appalling. This is shocking. We should look at this and say, what are they thinking? And yet, this is true of our lives too. Maybe we're not constructing idols of Baal or of Vishnu or Shiva or Kali, but we turn from God and look to things as substitutes, as replacements, when they cannot give us what we're looking for. They can't satisfy us. They can't fulfill us. They can't deliver us. They can't do anything for us. And yet we get ensnared in them because we look to them for what only God can give. So he says this, verse 13, he says, For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewed out cisterns for themselves, broken cisterns that can hold no water. It would be like having a house at the headwaters of the Jordan River in Dan. There's an endless supply of water. It never runs dry. And so day after day, you have everything you need. You never have to worry about it. It's always there, ever flowing, overflowing. And you move and go to a desolate place and you dig a hole and construct a cistern that is meant to hold water, but it has cracks in it. And so you go off to Assyria, to the Euphrates, and you bring water back from the Euphrates and you pour it into your cistern and think, oh, this will be much better. And then all of the water runs out of the cistern because it's broken. Or you go down to Egypt and you get this Mm, delicious water from the Nile River and you bring it back and you pour it into your cistern and once again, you're left with nothing because the cistern is broken. It can't hold any water. And this is the analogy that he gives of his people. Just a few verses later, he says, now what did you gain by going to Egypt to drink the waters of the Nile? Or what did you gain by going to Assyria to drink the waters of the Euphrates? He says, when you, when you tried out the waters of the, of the gods of Assyria and of Egypt, did you benefit from it? Was it better than I was? Did you gain something from going to them rather than to me? And the answer is absolutely not, because they're worthless. And this is exactly what happens to us when we turn to things instead of to God. When we turn to people instead of to God. You know, it would be like, um, and imagine yourself as the woman at the well in, in John 4. Um, day after day, you go to this well 
to get water for your home. You walk two, three, four miles to go and get it and you bring it back. And the next day you have to go back and get more water, right? Except to make this analogy correct, because it's not just that she goes to get the water and it's hard and it requires her own labor. Her bucket has holes in it. And so you go to the well, you get your water, you fill your bucket with it. And then by the time you get home, it's gone. And so maybe you take a sip out of it and it satisfies you for that moment, but it will have no long term sustenance. It's momentary. It's fleeting. It's vanity. Often it takes us getting to the point of rock bottom in our pursuit of these things or people to realize that we've been trying to fill a God sized hole with people, with things, with money, with whatever it is. And God is the only one that can fill that void in our heart. It's a God-sized hole. He is the only one who fills, truly. He is the only one that can give life. He's the only one who can change our lives. He's the only one who can save. He says in verse 27, For they have turned their back to me and not their face But in the time of their trouble, they say, arise and save us. But where are your gods? Where are your gods that you made for yourself? Let them arise if they can save you in your time of trouble. For as many as your cities are your gods, O Judah. So he says, people are more than content to leave me behind and try and replace me with worthless things until they find themselves in a situation where they're in trouble, until they need rescue, until they're sick, until they're in the hospital, until somebody is dying that they love. And then they turn back to God and say, save us, help, deliver us, rescue. And he says, why don't you ask your false gods? You you love them so much. You want to serve them. You want them instead of me. Why don't you ask them to do it? Oh, that's right. Because they can't. Because they're idols. Because they're worthless. Because they have no power. And you have willingly left me for them. But when you need help, you know that I'm the only one you can go to. So I pray that we would analyze our hearts. Ask God to search us and reveal to us where... In our lives, we are trying to fill that void with things other than Him. Our hearts are idol factories. They create idols constantly. We need to cling to God without ceasing and look to Him alone to satisfy, to sustain, to fulfill. Because He alone can give to us what we are searching for.